welcome to Plot Twist. As nervous as I am, I'm actually really excited to get all these episodes going. Um, to paint you a picture, I'm currently sitting in a room that's probably about three degrees. I've got my little coffee, I've got my puffer jacket, I'm sitting basically on top of a heater. But um, we're going to make this happen. And actually, I don't know if you can hear I'm probably going to just take off my little puffer because she's causing a little bit of noise. But I wanted to get into it before I overthink this too much and end up throwing the whole podcast idea out the window because I, you know, start to kind of lose confidence. So I've been sitting down, I've written down all my little episode ideas and I've got a couple of friends who are keen to chime in on a few um, different podcasts along the way. So it'd be really nice to have that interaction with somebody and not just listening to me dribble on. Um, because I can do that um, quite well. I probably have a master's degree in absolute dribble. So um, yeah, I thought, why not just bite the bullet and get this going before I completely turn around and talk myself out of it. I thought what better way to start the podcast off is to do a little introduction about myself. Most people listening to this will probably just be my friends, <laughs> but hopefully along, well that was a real nice sniff, hopefully along the way I will pick up um, a few other people who are just interested in learning all sorts about um, open discussions on infertility, IVF, um, what it's like to be divorced, leaving a relationship, um, Tinder dating, um, even I was living overseas um, for 12 years and returning back home, what that was like and, you know, realizing the authenticity of different people and who your friends really are um, and just, you know, all that kind of stuff that all of us deal with on a daily basis, but most of us don't really get into those raw, deep conversations, mostly due out of fear and, you know, not wanting, you know, to either let people know that we all are struggling or, you know, a lot of people were quite private, so I just wanted to start this podcast off as a way for people to feel a little bit more comfortable and know that, you know, I'm going through all of this stuff just as most of you are, um, or, you know, you can just laugh along the way at all my stupid stories and how ridiculous my life is because I seem to constantly get myself into all sorts of ridiculous situations. But I guess I wanted to start kind of from the beginning um, in terms of relationships, really. Um, I had a really good childhood. I was very lucky to grow up in a family that, you know, was a tight-knit unit. Um, I, you know, lived at the beach, so I find going and being near the ocean super calming and where I sort of, like, you know, reset. So, you know, my personality is super relaxed and when it came to finding a boyfriend... I kind of just cruised through my teenage years and I was sort of like a little bit into someone here and a little bit into someone there but like wasn't too worried about it um, and then it all changed when I got invited by a girlfriend from my high school to go to a party with boys from a all-boys school in the city. So, of course, all me and my girlfriends, being 16, thought we were just so cool. Got to go to a house party with all these boys we didn't know. Um, and, you know, had the time of our lives and um, totally just, like, you know, raided alcohol from anywhere we could. And um, met all these new people. And 
it really kind of everything changed from then on in because I ended up meeting somebody who I then spent 17 years of my life with. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that one little party changed everything. So basically, um, my sort of relationship then, you know, started off as boyfriend and girlfriend, obviously, and this was in an age where mobile phones were just a new thing. So, you know, we did a whole lot of texting back and forth on our Alcatels and our Nokias and, um, it was quite funny because after about a week of back and forth chatting, I was just like, well, do you want to just be my boyfriend? Like, (laughs) and I asked him out on a text message, um, so like new age of me at the time and um yeah and then you know just started this relationship where I you know would do my thing during the weeks and then in the weekends I would head um out to Murawai Beach um in West Auckland um and I would spend you know all my weekends out at the beach um you know with this boy that I was kind of besotted with and met all his friends and became a big you know part of a a you know group of of kids that were you know all just living their kind of 16 17 18 year old you know lives pretending like we weren't running a mark and um in reality we all had fake IDs and were partying in town and <laughs> just you know like cutting loose so um yeah so from kind of then I then decided um with encouragement from my family that I was going to do a gap year so I turned 18 I finished high school um and I went overseas to England for a year and that is a really interesting point um to now look back on because obviously I am no longer in the relationship with this person and I went from, you know, this high school kind of besotted thing to like falling in love for the first time and having all these different experiences, going overseas um, on by myself, coming back, um, going to university for a few years, living overseas, getting married, all that kind of stuff to now not being married to them um, at all. So it's really funny because that gap year, year now to me, is like why did we stay together like I almost like no regrets or anything like at all but it's really funny because it's like if we had not stayed together I'm pretty sure we would never have like been together for as long as we were like I don't know whether we would have got married or anything like but we were so well he was super determined to like not break up he did not want me to go at all and I was just like well real sorry mate but I'm literally doing this and it was like right down to like the last minute he was like please don't go um which now I realize is because um he is a, is a needer like 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 it's like we've got a good relationship now it's all fine like I'll always you know I'll always have a love for him like I'm not talking bad about him in any of this at all, but I've kind of realized that like I don't need somebody, but he needed somebody, and that's that was a big difference with us. I was always like, I don't need you, I want you, and that really bugged him. Like he absolutely hated that statement. Um, and anyway, so we stayed together, 
I did a year in England, like it was really tough, it was a big, big challenge, but you know, we got through it, that we'd been together for three years at that point, I came home, um, we immediately went and did like a two-month holiday in Australia, I don't even know how we afforded it, but with the time of our lives, it was really good to like reconnect and stuff, and then all our friends like met us for New Year's, and we had just this absolutely mental penthouse, like apartment, like week-long party in the Gold Coast, and lost our minds, and um, you know, we've got some really great memories with all our friends and stuff. And then from there, I settled back into living in New Zealand. And he was almost finished his degree and I was only starting mine. Um, and, you know, he'd always said, do you want to go to Australia at some point? Which I was more than happy to, but I was really, um, you know, I really wanted to get my degree done and out of the way um, because I'd already had a gap year so I was already a year behind which at the time seemed like such a long way to be a year behind all your friends um, in hindsight obviously it's not at all but um, he was almost finished his degree I was only just beginning so he obviously got to the end of his degree and he wanted to go to Australia and it was kind of like well I was two years through what am I going to do? Like, so I looked into, um, you know, studying overseas because obviously, you know, I wanted to, to, you know, I wanted him to be happy and I wanted, you know, to please him and all of that. But uh, I probably should have stuck, um, you know, to staying in New Zealand to at least study because I found what happened is we obviously moved to Australia. I finished my degree over there. So I did two years in New Zealand, two years in Sydney and I found it really hard living in Sydney, like I hated it, and it was a huge turning point like in the relationship because we went from having all our friends around all the time, we were always social on the weekends, like we almost just automatically knew what we were going to be doing before we did it, to then living in a city that was like, had more people than the whole country that I grew up in, and I knew like one person um, other than you know, my boyfriend. So I struggled a lot because I'm a super social person. I get loads of energy out of other people. And all of a sudden my world just like stopped. And I was like, oh my God, like what the heck have I done? And I couldn't study for that first year because I had missed the cutoff dates because it all happened quite fast. So I had to work for a year, but I worked for a company that only had like eight people and they were all like 10 years older than me. So I couldn't really make many friends at work whereas he was off at work all the time and like was quite happy to be there and he wasn't a super social person really like deep down so you know he wasn't too worried if he didn't have many friends whereas I like struggled big time but I was willing to like put in the work and I was you know willing to kind of you know again like please him and do what you know he wanted because this was his big career move type of thing and of course I was going to support him because that's what you do in a relationship um, so I, you know, stuck it out and we kind of, a few other Kiwi friends like made it over and we started to get a little bit of a group going. So it was okay. My brother and sister joined along the way, um, for a couple of years. And so that kind of was like, it kind of kept me going. I think like deep down, I really wasn't happy there, but I finished my degree. I met some really cool uni friends, like doing my art degree. So that again, kept me going. But I got to a point where I realized that I was literally just surviving. 
Um, Sydney is a really fun place to go and visit and there's lots going on but to live there I really struggled because you never relax so I found that like on the weekends even if we did nothing which was let's be honest quite a lot of the time because it was so expensive to live there um, we would just constantly be in a state of stress like this weird passive stress where you're you're not actually relaxing it's like that active relaxing that people talk about. It's like, that's cool and all, but like we never, we, we you could never rest. Um, and that I found just living where we lived, like we, we were happy, lucky to live at a couple of different beaches around Sydney, but for most of it, for seven of the 10 years, we were living right at, like in the middle of the city, um, right on the harbour, luckily. So, you know, like for me, the ocean and the water is really important. You know, we had a really cool old apartment that overlooked the water. So that was like a saving grace. But yeah, you you realize that you're never actually completely relaxed. Like we would go away on a holiday once a year to somewhere tropical and would literally do nothing for two weeks straight. And like we absolutely loved to do nothing um, because we just never really got that proper relaxing break and like proper sleeping and, you know, just like, checking out so it, yeah I found Sydney really really hard to live in and we got to a point where I was just so miserable and like every winter I was just getting really down and I put it down to like seasonal sort of like like a seasonal depression almost like I hated the winters and I was just like I was fine in the summertime but when it was winter I was miserable and in reality, that was just me making excuses. Like, yeah, sure, if I lived in Alaska and minus 75 degrees and could, couldn't leave my house, then I guess that's winter depression. But yeah, like, you know, 15 to 20 degree days in the winter, like that's really not that bad. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, made all these excuses and, you know, we had some awesome really awesome times and some amazing trips and the travel I got to do was, was insane. But you know, day to day, I was so miserable, and like we weren't communicating, and like we just weren't getting each other, and we would take like two steps forward and twenty seven back, and you know, it was just this like taking two different two people who were so such different thinkers, and and would look at things in such different ways. It ended up being our biggest downfall, because we ended up resenting each other for not thinking the way the other did if that makes sense um it was really interesting one time he did and um did a test through work which was looking at which side of the brain you use and I don't really know enough to like explain it properly but it's to, you know to do with whether you you're a left brain person or a right brain person I'm gonna probably get it wrong which one I am which one he was but when you looked at it on the chart and ran all the numbers based off this whole questionnaire thing. I was on completely one side and he was directly on the other. Like you couldn't have done you couldn't have put us any any further away and I was just seeing that being a visual person, I was just like absolutely blown away on the inside and I was like, "Wow. Like that's us to a T. The way we think, the way we act, where we get our energy from, what fills our cup up." Um you know, like, are you glass half full or glass half empty? Like, to put it so simply, but yeah, 
all of these things over the years, they kind of build up and you kind of make this little list in your mind and you're like, okay, like add that to that. Yep. And then add that and then add that. And then you're kind of like, what the heck are we doing together? <laughs> like when everything's kind of stacked against you and, and I really felt like I was just doing everything for him and doing everything he wanted and I was living his life and I moved countries to to you know do his thing and I got to a point where I said to him like you know when are we going to do my thing like when's it going to be my turn like you know when are, when are you going to you know put put some of what you're doing to the side so I can like t- you know come up to that level or when are you going to come you know if I'm I'm a bubbly you know, social being that gets energy from being, you know, in a crowd or out doing something, when are you going to come with me and do that with me? Um, Because for a long time, I felt like I was literally just living a life on my own. Like, when people say they're really lonely in their relationships, like, I completely understand that. Um, So yeah, basically got to a point where I was so frustrated and so worn down by not feeling listened to because the way we communicated and what our love languages were were so we were so different that we really struggled to communicate to the other what we wanted um for him he just was not just didn't didn't know how to you know communicate with words whereas um with me i just shut down and and in the end stopped communicating altogether because i never felt like i was being listened to so i would just just let everything go and just be like oh fucking whatever i don't even care like <laughs> and so as you can imagine you kind of reach a point where you're literally just existing like we were basically just flatmates and you know that was a really kind of horrible place to be in because it's almost like we neither you you don't want to be in that place neither of us wanted to be in that place but we all we got so deep that we didn't know how to get out of that place and it got to a point where like people people would notice and we would just kind of pretend that everything was fine (laughs) um so you know something something kind of triggered we were meant to he, he ended up getting another new job which was this like, oh, surprise, I've been headhunted. And I was like, oh, cool, really? I don't really believe you, but all right. And then we went to, uh, sorry, we were meant to then move to Europe. And it was like, we'd already at this point decided we were going to leave Australia and move home because it was, you know, like we'd been trying to have a family and we were failing miserably at that. I was really unhappy in Sydney. Um, His career was booming, but you know, it was like, well, what are we going to, you know, what are we doing for with our future? Like, you know, you've got a wife that absolutely doesn't want to live here and she's done 10 years and, you know, like at some point, when are you going to, you know, do kind of what I wanted? Um, You know, like I really wanted to be selfish. <laughs> I wanted to be with my family and friends. I wanted to be back home where I felt like I belonged. Um. And yeah, it was such a struggle getting him to come to the party and that's why we spent so many years in Australia because it was just, you know, oh, next year, next year, next year type stuff. Oh, when we have kids. Oh, when the kids go to school, all that type of shit. And um, I was just, basically, I just didn't believe a word he said anymore at that point. And then, so he gets this job. He's like, oh, but we, we, we've, we've got this amazing opportunity to go to Europe. 
And so I just basically just like swallowed everything and was like, listen, if we're going to do this, we're going to go for a year and that's it. Like, we'll go, we'll do the experience. We're having trouble with the family thing. New Zealand will always be there, but I want to cap it at a year. Like I'm not committing and getting stuck in Europe for the rest of my life. Um, so we were going to do that. <laughs> and then he wouldn't book for my flights for some reason. And I was just like, you don't actually want me to come, do you? So one thing led to another and I literally packed a bag and I went up north to Queensland to where my um, extended family on his side were Um, and I just fucked off up there for three weeks and I was like I want a separation and um, he lost his mind because he didn't realize that I was ever going to do it (laughs) Um, and it was a really really shitty time and it taught me that I just absolutely have to go for what I want. Like my happiness is way more important than being, you know, stuck in in a place where, you know, yes to everyone else, it looked like we had this perfect life and yes, we got to travel a lot and, you know, yes, we lived in Australia and oh, big fucking whippy do. Like I literally was doing IVF, um, miserable out of my mind hole. Like my mental health was suffering big time. Nobody knew um, that I did three rounds of IVF. We like literally put $30,000 down the toilet and, you know, I pumped myself full of chemicals nonstop, was under anesthetic, like more than I care to admit. I literally was like, give me the drugs. I just want to go to sleep. Like that's not healthy. (laughs) Um, so yeah, we ended up basically being like in crisis mode and I was like the only way I'm going to stay with you is if you come up to Queensland and we try and figure this out and we live here for a year and just get like on sort of like a neutral ground almost to see if we can save this so that's kind of what we did um it obviously didn't work (laughs) but we had a year up in a place where we had never lived before that we, you know, had some support at least. And, you know, we were able to spend some quality time with our nephew and, you know, like we, we, we got sort of, we lived in a place that was amazing and real flash. And, you know, we kind of had this band-aid luxury life for a little bit. And, you know, we lived in the tropics and, you know, it was nice for a few months and then I just got super depressed. I hated being there. I wasn't seeing any changes, um, you know, and I just knew that it was over. So, you know, it it was a super shitty time. Honestly, the worst year was the last year for sure. Um, but it also taught me a lot and, you know, I've grown so much from it, but it basically it all kind of came to a head there was all sorts of stuff like I'm not going to go into personal stuff because it's just you know we'll be here till fucking 20 79 and three months but um you know I eventually I I eventually got asked the question by him you know do you want this or is this is this ever going to work or I can't remember the word I was trying to remember the other day and for some reason just out of nowhere I've completely forgotten what he said and it was so crystal clear for so long but I think because I've worked so much on myself and gone through all of this and processed it all and just absolutely like nitpicked at everything and and you know done so much work on it to to heal that 
maybe my brain's just given it away because now I don't need to know what it was. But, you know, it was something like, you know, is is this all worth it or is are we going to... No, what was it? I can't remember. Basically just like, do you want this? And I just straight away without even thinking said no. Um, or was it like, is this over? Is this completely, I don't know fucking what it was. But anyway, I just, out of, out of my absolute soul was just like, no, nah, don't want this anymore. And I think it kind of, like, it definitely shocked him. But it was like, finally, it was the, you know, he was off the hook. He didn't make the decision. He didn't have to be the one to leave. I was happy to be the one to take the blame. Like, I honestly could not have cared less at that point. And, um, yeah, so it was all completely over on Anzac Day. 2000, not Anzac Day, the day before Anzac Day, so the 24th of, what, April um, last year, and I will never forget it because we literally, like, were sitting in bed at, like, 10 o'clock at night when he asked me this, and I was just like, nah, it's over, and we both just, like, absolutely bawled our eyes out for, like, three hours, we got, like, no sleep, we had, like, the, probably the most honest conversation we'd ever had in our entire lives, and then we woke up and went to the dawn service. <laughs> and I was just like ridiculous. Woke up at like 4.30 or something because the sun comes up so early in, um, in Queensland where we were living. And just like got our clothes on, grabbed our little dog. My mum and dad were staying. And yeah, off we trotted to the dawn service with just like absolute tomato puffy face eyes. And um, just were like, yeah, no, we're sweet. And, um, yeah, then probably, I don't know, about 12 hours later, confessed to my mum when she's like, what the hell is going on? Um, yeah, and then kind of told her everything. But, um, but yeah, I can't actually remember what I first said when I started dribbling on. Like, I literally have just absolutely rambled. Um, this whole thing was an introduction anyway, so it's kind of a, a kind of breakdown on kind of the last few years. But, um, but yeah, so I left pretty quickly from that area we were living in Queensland because I found it was really small and it was got quite toxic like people wanted to know everything and I was just like I can't do this so I essentially escaped down to um, the Gold Coast which is where I then lived for a year um, and absolutely loved it I had no idea how much I would enjoy that year on my own doing whatever I wanted not having to answer to anybody not being judged on anything that I did um I found it like the most initially the most therapeutic and an amazing environment to be in and I made so many friends um and I think most of it was due to the fact that I was just like this free spirit like ghost just having all the fun, like surfing, swimming every day, um, you know, always at the beach with my dog, like, you know, found my favorite cafe and I'm, you know, made a routine of always, you know, getting up really early, going there, watching sunrises, um, you know, spending heaps of quality time with all these new friends in between, you know, painting and, um, you know, doing my sarongs at markets and just like living almost like this semi-holiday life for like a good seven months just to give myself a break which luckily in the end I had you know some money and stuff so I will I just sort of was like you know what you have literally lived a miserable life for the last few years you deserve 
to have some fun. So I sort of wasted a bunch of money and had the time of my life and made some amazing friends and I look back on it so fondly because it was such a time for me that like I'd spent previously quite a few months to probably the last year processing like pre-processing what was going on and knowing that I was like going to be leaving at some stage and like preparing myself that like I would be okay when I was alone because I literally was with this person for 17 years longer at that point than I had been without them in my whole life like that's crazy um so yeah in the end was the best time and there was sort of ups and downs along the way and towards the end, um, you know, towards Christmas last year, like I definitely started to struggle and I was like, you know what, you can't just keep like partying and putting a band-aid, like you're going to have to actually face what you've been through at some stage. Um, so I ended up coming home just before Christmas last year in 2019 and yeah, like I needed it because basically once or just before I came home, I was just not in the the greatest way. Like I really worried my friends and, you know, I was quite isolated and I wasn't really, you know, being the best human. So I um got my parents to come and help me clean my apartment up and, and they brought me home and, you know, it was, it was nice. Like I got to spend a little bit of time with my extended family over Christmas and I just needed to reset and just deal with my shit so that's kind of what I did over the next sort of few months um and you know finally worked up the courage to get a counsellor and actually you know sit like kind of like I'm doing now and just absolutely talk non-stop vomit for um for an hour at a time and so much so that she'd be like kicking me off the phone being like okay we've got to go (laughs) um but I found it so helpful just literally like I almost she didn't even really give me a whole lot of advice because I I didn't really need it I more just needed somebody to sit there and look like they were listening to me so that I had a reason to like blurt out all of the shit that was within me and oh my god it helped so much I made so many self-discoveries or realizations or like aha moments where I'd like say shit and then I would literally my brain would catch up and I'd be like whoa I've just figured that whole thing out just by talking. Um, so that was act- actually like super mental and really, really good. Like I've got this awesome um, counsellor down here in Christchurch. Um, so if literally anybody wants an awesome lady to just chat to, like let me know because she's absolutely magic. Like I owe a lot to her. Um, to obviously her job, but the shit that she must have to take on, like you've really got to <laughs> feel for these counsellors and therapists and stuff, the amount of stuff they hear and listen and take on other people's issues. Um, but yeah, so during lockdown, every couple of weeks I spoke to her and um, I really worked through a lot of stuff that was just, I was kind of just like pushing down and it allowed my relationship with my ex to, you know, do this massive 180 and now we're you know quite good communicators we're not we don't talk every day but you know we if we need each other like we'll answer the phone or we you know we use whatsapp a lot um to keep in touch about staff and if it's like settlement or you know like divorced staff or having to sign anything or whatever like you know we're, we're pretty good with all of that and we would rather stay friends than, you know, let the kind of toxic toxicity and anger and all that sort of shit rule, you know, the 
the whole relationship because I mean we'll always have a, a relationship or we would prefer to always have one so it's like you know I had to kind of swallow my my kind of pride I guess and be the one to be like listen like we need to be able to communicate we need this to not be a waste of 17 years and you know once I kind of took charge with that um, he was really good about it and you know he opened up and was as was I was really honest about you know things that really affected me and hurt me and you know how all this you know the breakout was for me on my side because it was fucking horrendous um you know and I was like you need to know that this 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 and this and how this made me feel and what you did that like that and you know I want you to tell me and what how blah 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 well you know so we really sort of obviously there could be a whole lot more work we could do but it's at that point where it's like we just want to move on with our lives and we're happy to at least you know if we were to run into each other, we wouldn't run the other way. <laughs> so, you know, I am glad in a sense that we've been able to get to that point. Um, but yeah, like I've really just, the whole point of these podcasts are to be able to talk really openly and like, you know, whether you're interested in my life or not, I don't know, but I think it's really important, especially as a lot of us get older, um, you know, into like our mid-30s, that you know we're actually being real and not being surface I find a lot of people are so surface in their conversations and it's like that's fine if you run into someone at the supermarket but like let's be real if you and your best friend like aren't talking you know deeply and you're not actually able to get real and raw it's like what's the fucking point like you know like support is is you know meant to be you know getting getting you and your friends and your partner and whoever your family like through your darkest times and the only way you're going to get through all that sort of shit is if you are honest with people and people are honest with you and it's like it doesn't have to be like harsh like like there's brutal and then there's nasty like sometimes brutal honesty is needed but also I think you've got to do everything absolutely with kindness and that's what I found when I left my husband was like, you know, I had some people who were amazingly kind and were just like, we don't care what, what you're going through in terms of judgment, like just, are you okay? And yet then I found other people really struggled with what what was happening that they forgot to ask if I was okay. They were more worried about what I was going to do, where I was going to live, what job would I do? Like, what am I going to do now? Because I've left like a really good thing. And it's like, well, hang on a second, like... <laughs> I, I like can you ask me if I'm all right first <laughs> and then I can figure all that other shit out um so yeah just I feel like I'm rambling again so I'm really gonna just have to cut myself off now but I just hope that you know this kind of for somebody at least like makes them feel like it is okay to you know speak up and if you need to you know like reach out to me like god I've been through so much like I, you know, I'm going to sit here and toot my horn and say that I feel like I'm quite wise with some things and, you know, like I know how important it is to keep a dialogue going for me. Like if I stop talking, like then it's just like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> um, so for me, it really, really helps. But yeah, like I've, I have a few different ideas for these podcasts and most of them I'm hoping to get guests in on because it's just going to get boring, I think, with me talking all the time. Um, on my own and it's so nice to have people to like bounce off 
but we're going to cover different things. A lot of um, people are really interested in my IVF journey, mostly because uh, it is getting a lot more common now, but it's definitely still something that not a lot of people understand. And unless you've gone through it, like you really don't get it. Like I had no idea, to be honest, what I was getting myself into. Um, I just desperately wanted to have a baby and I was willing to do anything for it. So that's going to be a super interesting um, topic to kind of chat about. And I have a dear friend down south here who is going through a similar journey. So hopefully we will be able to get that one going soon. Um, I've got another one that I'm doing, um, to do with like dating apps. So like Tinder and Bumble and stuff, um, different, you know, different stories to do with that, um, different dates and disasters. So that'll be a really fun one to listen to, especially for a lot of my friends who are in long-term relationships. So they've never even used a dating app before. Um, so I know that one will be super interesting for a lot of people, um, what else? What was I going to talk about? Oh, like divorce <laughs> as like a, a a complete kind of thing, my experience um, and what it's like to actually like leave your entire life. Um, so yeah, that's another good one. Um, and yeah, there'll just be all sorts of random kind of ones just to really encourage like a bit more of an open and raw conversation. And, you know, I'll probably be making an absolute ass of myself with some of these stories so hopefully that will um, cheer people up and, I mean, by all means, laugh at me and with me. Um, but anyway, I'm going to stop chatting because this is just turning into me talking to myself um, like a little bit of a nutto person. But that's okay. That's who I am. <laughs> Thanks for listening and I will hopefully be back with another one really soon.